Thanks a lot, Utsilia. Six minutes past 12. You're listening to Midday Live here on SAFM. I'm Tepi Somakwitla, sitting in for Bonyekwala this week. He's out of town, taking a rest, I think. But uh, we will be uh, taking you through the latest in news. And as you've heard in the news, the Democratic Alliance leader, Helen Zillet, saying that they're taking full resp- she's taking full responsibility for the political fallout created by Ahang SA leader, Dr. Mampele Rampele is reneging on her decision to stand as a DA presidential candidate. So we'll also uh, bring you live coverage of uh, the reading of the last will and testament of former President Nelson Mandela. That's going to be done by the executors of his will that's taking place at the Nelson Mandela Foundation. Uh, in Houghton, so we'll bring you that as and when it begins. But uh, let's start with this particular story. At least three people have been confirmed dead in a plane crash near Lansaria Airport in northern Johannesburg. The plane is reported to have crashed while attempting to land in bad weather. So for more on this, we're now on the line to ER24 spokesperson Russell Mayring. Uh, a very good afternoon to you, Mr. Mayring. Thank you very much for speaking to us. So can you confirm to to us uh, that uh, three people have been killed in that plane crash. That is confirmed. A light aircraft did go down this morning in Lansaria. Um, the initial report said there were 21 members on board, which was incorrect. Um, there were three members on board and three were killed this morning. And can you tell us a little bit more about the plane crash? Reports uh, are that uh, it crashed uh, after taking off. Um, that is very little known. As far as as we understand, the plane was coming into land and the pilot had a lot of trouble with visibility um, due to the heavy rain, and that's when the, the uh, air crash happened. Okay. I'm just hoping that we can improve the quality of our line, Mr. Mayring. I'm not sure if it's uh, because of the reception. If I could perhaps ask you to speak just a little bit louder. So what else do we know about uh, at, at the, the moment of impact? Basically what happened, as I said, the, the uh, plane went down in Lansteria. The pilot was apparently complaining of visibility due to the heavy rain, and that is when the plane went down and um, a fire occurred as well. Mm. And you were the first to be on the scene? Yeah, 24, along with other services as well as military services were on scene. What did you find? Um, on scene, the year 24 paramedics found that there were three occupants in the plane, and they had all um, passed away. Mm. Uh, and, and, and the fire, did it affect the, the, the deceased? That is unknown, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, and just in terms of um, anything else that might have given you um, clues as to the conditions under which the aircraft went down, was there any evidence of that? As, as uh, I said before, and it was um, reported that the pilot was complaining of visibility. Um, obviously, those investigations are underway, but it's not fully known why the plane went down. Okay. I'm going to leave it there with you, but thank you very much for speaking to us. Russell Mayring, ER24 spokesperson. I'm afraid I am struggling to hear him. So, for more on this, we're on the line to Deputy Director General of the South African Civil Aviation Authority, Zakele Twala. Uh, a very good afternoon to you, and thank you very much for speaking to us. Uh, thanks, sir. Uh and good afternoon to our listeners. That's a correction. I'm from the Department of Transport. Apologies for that, uh, Mr. Twala. The, the, the information that has just been given to us by Mr. Mayor, can you corroborate that, that the pilot complained... Information given by? From ER... Information given, 
The Air 24 spokesperson, Russell Mayring, he was saying that the pilot complained of low visibility before the plane crashed. Can you corroborate that information for us? No, I can't corroborate. Remember, we're going to issue a, a, a report that covers what happened, and that poor visibility is one of the options that we're going to investigate. We never immediately speculate as to what was the problem. We do not have recordings of the pilot communicating with ATC that there was poor visibility. We know that the, what we know was that the weather was bad. And therefore, in the investigation, we then say, what happened? Because there are certain procedures that you follow if the weather is bad to determine whether we can land or not. So from our side, our investigators have completed the first phase of investigation. They are going to look at all other computer factors and even listen to the cockpit-based recorder. They'll be listening to the conversation in the cockpit. And that, that, that conversation will be enable us to determine whether to corroborate what uh, ER24 is saying. You are saying it is not your job to speculate. Perhaps you can tell us what uh, it did happen, to your knowledge. Um, when the plane went down, is there any information that you can give us as to what happened then, what any other officials' actions were as that took place? For first of all, we know that that aircraft was on approach. And as, as indicated... The, the, the pilot is one of the people who, who, who do this. And therefore, the only way we can know what happened is going through thorough investigation, going through if that aircraft was fitted with a black box, a what you call a black box, to check the recordings there, to check the, the pit voice recorder, what was the conversation, to go and get the tapes from the air traffic control, what was the conversation as they were coming in. Was that person advised? of the weather conditions in that particular airport, visibility and everything else. So what you're saying is at the moment you are unable to share any information with us? No, we do not have any information. Okay, thank you very much for that, Mr. Twala. That is uh, Zakele Twala, Deputy uh, Director General at the Transport Department. 13 minutes past 12. If uh, you'd like to SMS us, you're welcome to do so on 34701. We would like to hear from you. It'll cost you two rand per SMS, though. But uh, we're also available on the Twitter handle at SAFM Midday Live. That's one word. At SAFM Midday Live. M I D A Y L I V E. And you can also email us on Midday Live at sabc.ca.za. Perhaps there's some information that you would like to share with us. Perhaps on the roads, it's. Uh, uh, wet driving conditions, I think pretty much throughout of Joburg, the traffic lights are not working. I've seen several accidents on the road. Uh, perhaps you'd like to help us issue warnings uh, to uh, fellow motorists, uh, perhaps uh, of alternate routes that you think are perhaps better. Anything that uh, may help uh, at least create a safer driving experience for those of you who are out on the road. So right now it is 14 minutes past 12, so let's quickly remind you of our top story at this hour.
The executors of the late former President Nelson Mandela will shortly announce the contents of his last will and testament at the Nelson Mandela Foundation in Johannesburg. The executors are Justice Dekhang Moseneke, Advocate George Bezos and Eastern Cape Judge President Tamba Sangoni as named in the last version of the document which was finalised in 2007. So looking at the markets at this moment, gold is trading at $1,244 an ounce, platinum $1,381 an ounce and the uh, the rand trading at 11 rands 8 cents against the US dollar is at 18 rands 14 cents to the British pound and at 14 rand 96 against the euro. We'll speak to Sudhir Singh later on for the latest on the market. It is exactly 15 minutes past 12. So now on to that top story you also mentioned and you also heard in the news. Democratic Alliance leader Helen Ziller saying that... Um, She's taken full responsibility for the political mess created after Ahang SA leader Dr. Mampele Rampele reneged on her decision to stand as the DA's presidential candidate. The political marriage lasted just five days. It was met with anger, we believe, within Ahang SA as members felt that they were not consulted. The DA's federal executive will now decide on a new presidential candidate for the upcoming election. Zilla has admitted that the short-lived political marriage has negatively affected the DA's integrity. Earlier on, Rampella also held a media briefing. So to discuss that, we're uh, joined in the studio now by our reporter Amos Pacho, who attended that press briefing. Amos, hi. Hi, So tell us, what, what was the atmosphere like to begin with? Well, uh, the Akhang SA party actually managed to put uh, a brave face and uh, pull the united front. Uh, they were very uh, clear in terms of where they stand as far as uh, their future is concerned. Uh, what uh, the leader, Dr. Mampele Rampele, indicated is that uh, the party will be contesting uh, the upcoming uh, general elections uh, as an independent party and uh, she will be uh, its uh, presidential uh, candidate. As you would uh, well be aware that uh, there was a lot of anger from uh, members of Ahang following that announcement last week that uh, she will be standing as the DA's presidential candidate. There was uh, clarity on this. Uh, she indicated that uh, she has decided to withdraw uh, that uh, 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 initial offer that she had uh, accepted uh, on grounds that, uh, you know, there the, the has been uh, party political issues that uh, were involved uh, in the process. In Did, the was she specific about what those were? Well, she indicated that uh, there was a task team which was supposed to be uh, established and uh, work out modalities of how uh, this um, uh, measure was, was, was going to, 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 to be effected. But now what she indicated is that uh, there has been consistent uh, announcements uh, in the media which actually began to uh, preempt the work uh, of uh, uh, this uh, particular uh, uh, committee and uh, she went on to, to, to say that, uh, you know, the announcement was actually uh, intended to put the best uh, uh, of both parties uh, uh, forward. But, uh, you know, according to her observation, uh, you know, there were individuals uh, within uh, the, ND, uh, the, the, the DA, rather, which uh, uh, could not transcend to uh, party politics and uh, that, you know, perhaps the timing wasn't right to, to implement uh, that decision. Did she say anything about the fact that the Democratic Alliance leader, Helen Silas, says they were not prepared to make the announcement at the time that they did, but that she insisted 
what what she indicated on that is the fact that you know uh, as a leader she had to 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 take a very tough decision of 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 actually in, in, uh, accepting that uh, nomination and uh, agreeing to uh, working on the modalities at a later stage he even cited an example of uh, former president nelson mandela who she says has actually agreed to uh, negotiate with uh, um, the apartheid regime although uh, they had actually subjected him to a lot of uh, hardships. Did she speak on whether or not this will have an impact on the credibility of the party as an Ahang SA as a result of the action that she's taken? Well, what she has said is that, you know, uh, there's no need uh, to panic for uh, Ahang supporters. Uh, because uh, what this party was formed for fundamentally still exists and uh, you know the fact that she actually decided to come back is an indication that uh, she is still uh, committed to the ideals which and, and principles which uh, this uh, organization was founded on now the word that we're getting is that Ahang members were unhappy because they felt that they were not consulted about this move yet at the same time the DA leader Helen Zilla says she has been in talks with uh, Dr. Mampele Rampele since 2010 well um Look, it would seem like uh, the talks which uh, she said have been ongoing between her party and and, and the DA might not have included, uh, you know, other members of the party in terms of provincial structures and branches because, I mean, we saw... uh, 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 provincial leaders coming to the headquarters soon after the announcement was made last week to actually discuss what she she, she announced uh, as a decision which was uh, agreed upon by Ahang uh, 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 structures and there was a meeting which was held last week uh, between her and the structures and in that very particular meeting uh, there was an emphasis from the side of uh, uh, party structures to say that she needs to uh, firstly transfer this message down to the branch level of this organization, get the feeling of what the members say in terms of the proposed measure before she can actually um, uh, bring this matter to finality. But today she was, however, quick to point out that, uh, you know, this was indeed uh, something that needed to happen fundamentally before she could uh, actually go and... Uh, so does she, does she admit to making a mistake, the announcement prior to finalizing with her structures whether or not this was the way to go? She, she was uh, admitting to that mistake, but uh, in a very diplomatic way, in a sense that uh, she refused to to say a plain point uh, whether, yes, she made a mistake mm. or not. But, I mean, her explanation was very clear in terms of uh, uh, the direction that she took. All right. Thanks a lot, Amos. Uh, Amos Pacha, a reporter who attended that press conference with uh, the Ahang SA leader, Mampele Rampele. We are still trying to get a hold of her, but we uh, do have the DA's parliamentary leader, Lindiwe Mazibuko, on the line. We were scheduled to speak to uh, DA leader Helen Silla, but I understand that she is in a press conference. We are happy, though, that uh, we have Lindu Mazibuga on the line to speak to us. A very good afternoon to you, and thank you very much for speaking to us. Okay, so thanks for having me. Let's just first start with um, 
this, this press conference today, um, the yes. DA leader, Helen Ziller, is saying that uh, she will take full responsibility from the fallout that has occurred, but that um, essentially what has happened is that the Akhang leader has reneged on a deal that was agreed to and talks which actually go as far back as 2010. Yes. Um, it is very well known, in fact, that we have been talking to Dr. Ampele for many years now. Um, but in fact, the talks that began in 2011, 2012 were a result of an approach from her about how she could uh, make a contribution to the leadership and the electoral prospects of the DA. And then when those talks were suspended, she came back to us in late uh, 2013, November last year, again to reignite those talks on the basis that she felt uh, there was an opportunity for us in the wake of the passing of President Mandela to realign the opposition and offer South Africans a new alternative party. So it happened a very, very long-standing conversation. We have always been enthusiastic about the prospect of welcoming her because she shares our values. That is not something that is under debate. Uh, we share the same commitment to the Constitution, the rule of law, and market economy, uh, and all of the things that characterize a liberal democratic Ms. organization. Ms. if you allow me to interrupt you, can you really say that confidently, considering that she already contradicts you by saying that some people cannot transcend party politics? We see people trapped in old-style race-based politics. This is the reason that she says she decided to pull out of this agreement. Again, I don't understand how, on the one hand, she could so enthusiastically pursue the agreement, um, and on the other, uh, having reneged on our agreement, then say that it was a consequence of uh, the values that we espouse. And, and you know, I think the, the real turning point for us over this past week um, was in the toing and throwing, uh, when we were not sure that uh, the things we had agreed to were either um, being uh, carried out in good faith uh, or that, in fact, uh, Dr. Ampela was committed to actually carrying out um, the things that we had agreed to. It became clear that there was either confusion or a lack of clarity or, at, at the worst, um, a kind of a refusal to be play open cards about what it is Dr. Ampela wanted, what her intentions were towards the DA and Akhan. Why, well, make, her, why make her the face of the DA in terms of a presidential candidate? There is uh, Helen Ziller, who is the head of the DA. There's yourself, the parliamentary leader of the Democratic Alliance. Why, why go for the leader of another political party? When we started the talks with her, she was not the leader of another political party. In fact, she's the reason that we were able to merge with the ID. She facilitated the talks between Helen Villa and Patricia Villa on the exact same basis. So this is not something that began with her as the leader of a hung, but it ended with her as a leader of a hung approaching us and saying the time had come for the two organizations to come together and being very enthusiastic about the need for us to go out and make an announcement. What is the reason? Well, it's some reasons. She has you know, a, a, a track record in leadership both nationally and internationally. She is um, somebody who has experienced and lived through the struggle for liberation. And for somebody like her, a woman of her caliber, uh, to approach our party and say to us, the time has come for us to come together and work together, says a lot about the DA and its ability to attract people of caliber um, and black leaders in South African politics. But I ask you this respectfully, Ms. Mazubugo, what does it say about the Democratic Alliance that uh, the face of uh, uh, the presidential candidate from 
uh, for the DA is, again, as I say, this may not be the way it began, but ultimately it became that, the leader of another political party. Uh, And some would say that it might be the DA admitting that it does not have what it takes to woo the black uh, electorate as it thought it would. Not at all. What we are in is an effort to consolidate the opposition and close down the divisions between political parties and individuals who share the same values and are separated only by a different name on the ballot box. There is a a great appetite among South African voters for the opposition to consolidate, stop um, fighting amongst itself for votes, particularly when we share the same values. And that's the project that Helen Zilla has embarked on ever since she became leader of the DA. We were successful in achieving that with respect to the ID. We were engaged in talks with the UDM and talks with COPE, and of course now these talks with Ahang and Dr. Rampele. And even before she formed Ahang, she formed part of that conversation about why should political parties and political leaders who share the same values be separated in name only, but in fact that only empowers the ANC to retain its majority into perpetuity. So it was very, very important and critical, I think, for the future of South Africa if we are to achieve that peaceful change of the ballot box sooner rather than later. We are running out of time and I've got so many questions to ask you, but I'm going to ask you two for now. One, you mentioned uh, what was a very interesting example about the fact that she actually helped facilitate the talks with the ID. And there are many people who say if you look at the way the ID has gone, for many observers, the ID has effectively been swallowed by uh, the Democratic Alliance. And Patricia DeLille, who was once seen as the head of what could have been a formidable party, could have been, as I say, um, has now is now being seen as pretty much not not as significant as she was back then. Could this possibly be the reason why um, Mampela Rampela decided to stage a turnaround? And secondly, were you happy about the fact that she is now uh, this uh, presidential candidate for the Democratic Alliance when there's young upcoming talent within the Democratic Alliance? Well, I think the comparison with the ID is a little bit too generous to Ahang. When we merged with the ID, they had public representatives in every sphere of government. They had provincial uh, parliamentarians, they had councillors, and they had members of parliament in the national legislature. It was an existing political organisation which had seen elections and could point to its support. And so coming together with the ID, the coming together of the ID and the DA um, was much more um, of a structured integration of two existing political parties rather than the platform which Dr. Uh, Dr. Mampela Rampela has formed in, in, in respect of Ahang. So I think it has been a massive success. I think um, that Patricia Bidel, first of all, is, you know, she was a, a, a front runner in the DA's uh, um, local government election campaign in 2011. She runs our biggest and most successful uh, municipality, the only metro that the DA governs, the city of Cape Town, and she's doing an outstanding job there. And every single public representative of the ID um, who was either in government or in a legislature, there are more ID members in DA governments than there were. Okay. Were you personally happy with the decision? The so it's been a very, very successful move. With respect to me, I was excited about this realignment of politics, what it would mean for the DA, how our party would grow, and how somebody who, again, who was engaged in the struggle for liberation, I was not alive during the struggle for liberation, is a part of my history that cannot speak to that part of South Africa's history. I'm very proud of my age and my engagement in politics, but I know the value that somebody like Dr. Rampela could add to the Democratic Alliance. Quick and final question. Quick and final question. Who will now be the DA presidential candidate? That is up to the FedEx to decide. 
and um, we are going to have a series of meetings, I think, over the next few days, um, during which that decision will be made. The, the provincial premier candidates are decided by the provinces and the federal uh, body decides on the presidential candidates. So that announcement will, uh, will be forthcoming in due course. Thank you very much for your time. Lindy Wamazubuko, the Democratic Alliance's parliamentary leader. It's exactly 12.30 time now for you. 29 minutes to 1, you're listening to uh, Midday Live here on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader, and of course otherwise is on your radio from 1 o'clock this afternoon, and uh, to give us more details about what to expect this uh, afternoon, we're on the line now to uh, Shadow Twala. A very good afternoon to you, Sir Shadow. Hello, Tepiso. It's, it's Love Month, February. So we look at all things in the love department. We'll speak to Bonang Mateba on her latest range of lingerie called mm. The Distraction by Bonang. <laughs> <laughs> We're going there, yes. And then, <laughs> good, and line. Then we, good, good name for the line. I know, Distraction. we all distracted already. <laughs> Just imagining her in that lingerie. And let me visit a florist in Soweto, Lillian's florist, to find out how her neighborhood prepares for the big day. Then finally, and you may have to uh, take a young ones out of the car, although we'll keep it clean, we're speaking to Sharon Gordon about adult products. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. thankfully I'm underage, so I'll just switch off then. <laughs> <laughs> That's the show. Thanks a lot, sister. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Shadow Twala with you from uh, 1 o'clock this afternoon. Of course, we continue our discussion on uh, the fallout, the political fallout between the Democratic Alliance, the official opposition in Ahang SA. As uh, the Democratic Alliance says, it will have to bear the brunt of the fallout of uh, Dr. Mampele Rampele reneging on that deal to become the party's presidential candidate. As you heard, both parties holding a press conference earlier on you heard from Emos Pahua reporter who attended the one by Ahang essay uh, saying that uh uh, Dr. Mampela Rampele saying that actually um, she believed that it was clear that uh, the Democratic Alliance could not transcend, or at least there were those within the Democratic Alliance who could not transcend party politics, uh, that uh, there were people trapped in old-style race-based uh, politics. But, of course, we spoke to the DA's parliamentary leader, Lindu Amazubu, saying that it's actually quite a surprise because she was the one who has uh, who had approached them initially to say she wanted to work with them. Uh, and uh, the DA basically saying that, look, it was a risk that they had to take. They took a calculated risk, and this is it. But they accept that it's a mistake that has been made, but they will carry on. So let's unpack all of this. We're now on the line to a political analyst at the Institute for African Renaissance Studies at UNISA, Professor Shadrach Guto. Uh, a very good afternoon to you, Professor Guto, and thank you very much for speaking to us. Perhaps we should just first start with that. The Democratic Alliance uh, leader saying that it was a risk and in politics one has to be prepared to take calculated risks. Was this one that was necessary, could it have been avoided given that it lasted only five days even though they were purportedly talking, uh, or not even, but the, the day confirming that they've been speaking since 2010. But uh, it, it would seem that structures within Ahang were unaware of this deal, and this is why Rampela Mampele says eventually she had to pull out of it. Well, uh, I believe that um, it could have been avoided. Uh, the problem 
uh, they could have pursued um, really a merger um, and do so not secretively. I think that is what really was not testing well in the mouths of the members of uh, Ahang SA and some members within the uh, DA or some leaders within the DA that it was sprung upon them. And then it was indicated that there were some structure created that would work the details uh, forward. But uh, one has to see that, yes, calculated risks are always done in politics. Mind you that the DA and the ANC swallowed the new national party. Um, and, and therefore, um, it, we have seen this in South Africa's politics. It is not something which is confined to the opposition, but even the ruling party did eat up part of the uh, incarnation of the party that was responsible for apartheid in the country. I believe that Rampele um, uh, was really a credible leader if she, this was done properly. So it was the process rather than the intention and the uh, planning about it. She would have been a credible well, let's explore that term credible, uh, Professor Gutro. Yeah. We, we have somebody um, talking about the Ahang leader, uh, Dr. Rampele, Mampele, saying that she's honoured to accept the invitation extended by the Democratic Alliance. We have the DA here saying that actually she's the one that approached them. But she says that as uh, Dr. Rampele, that I believe this decision is the best, is in the best interest of South Africa. Where's the credibility of somebody who can go out publicly and say that and yet five days later says, no, I'm sorry, I don't think we share the same politics. No, I'm sorry, but I don't think we had a proper and extensive um, engagement with my structures, my political party structures. Where does that leave her credibility? Credibility was there before. I'm talking about uh, before this U-turn which she has made. I think this U-turn will really cause a lot of damage to her own credibility and reputation in society, and it's going to make it difficult for her really to push around South Africa forward. So I believe that she made a, a really serious mistake. It was not only the press conference where they were hugging each other, kissing each other, and so on, but after that she wrote an opinion piece in one of the newspapers um, where she clearly defined that uh, she went into this knowing she knew that they wanted to have a paradigm change in the politics of the country and that this was a new era. So it is something that she had reflected on. I don't know what made her chicken out uh, at the end, and I believe that for the DA now it is how to repair and find a credible presidential candidate. All along, I looked at it as uh, a strategy of the DA to ensure that they uh, keep Ellen Zille as premier candidate in the Western Cape so that they solidly hold on to that. And they needed somebody who was going to uh, be the presidential mm -hmm. candidate. And they do have them, like Patricia DeLille and so on, can easily be put in that position to be a presidential candidate, and then they can easily find 
familial countries for but, petrol. But is there not a more fundamental question at the heart of this? If we're going to use terms like game changer, how is it then that they have failed to complete the so-called game changer? And how much of a game changer uh, was it possibly if you would still have the one party accusing the other of still practicing old style uh, race politics? Is it because that the country then is not ready for that so-called game changer or the opposition itself is not ready for that game changer because what they're pursuing is not necessarily um, ideals that appeal to the electorate but rather ganging up on defeating the, the, the governing party? Well, I think the game changing here can be seen in two aspects. One is to look at it simply as a vision, and a vision is one thing. Translating it into a strategy and a plan of action and executing it successfully is quite another. So I think that uh, there's a failure here in uh, translating game changing. After all, you know, change is always important uh, to uh, really bring new dynamics in the politics of South Africa, strengthen the opposition, and, and so on, because the ANC uh, has been blundering a lot. Um, in this, the last few years, we have seen increasing levels of corruption, nepotism, uh, misuse of public funds, uh, violence by the police, uh, not all the police, but by some of them, and so on and so forth. Uh, expenditures which uh, really are against the laws of the country and so on. So there is need for some kind of uh, uh, strong uh, indication to the ANC that they are not here to rule until Jesus comes, as the president said, because we don't know when Jesus will come. Those who believe in Jesus, I don't myself. But I think it is just important to say that, yes, change is important. Um, as we move forward, circumstances have changed. This is not 1974. Okay, thank you very much for speaking to us. Professor Shadrach Guto is a political analyst at the Institute for African Renaissance Studies at UNISA. It brings the time not to... 19 minutes set to one. Just a reminder that we do welcome your thoughts. 34701, 34701, and just some of the interviews that uh, we've uh, conducted for you. Perhaps just uh, some questions you'd like to raise that you'd like us to carry uh, forward in some of the other current affairs programs. So, right now, let's talk about the weather conditions. The emergency services have uh, cautioned motorists and other road users of flooding in several roads in Johannesburg as a result of heavy rains that have persisted since the weekend. The rains, which are expected to continue into the evening, have created slippery surfaces on the road and have also affected visibility, leading to a few accidents involving pedestrians. And joining us now on the line to tell us a bit more about uh, the conditions and some flooding on the roads is City of Johannesburg's Emergency Services spokesperson Robert Mulaudzi, a very Good afternoon to you and thank you very much for speaking to us, Mr. Malaudzi. As we speak, just on the proportion of the Johannesburg roads, how many of them are flooded? Yeah, most parts of um, uh, Soweto, I think that will be mostly affected. And also, uh, Steep Valley Road, uh, New Canada Road, and also uh, um, Union Road in uh, Clipsburg West, that's uh, the southern side uh, towards El Dorado Park. 
uh, that road also uh, has also been uh, flooded, and we have seen uh, motorists uh, trying to take uh, chances uh, to cross, you know, across that bridge which is crossing from Cliff uh, West towards uh, Cliff Down. So uh, we are on our knees, uh, to be so to the motorists. Motorists are really, really taking chances on the roads now. It's very bad out there. Most of the roads are flooded, and motorists are taking chances by trying to cross those flooded areas, even though we are relaying disseminating information on various media houses, and also we have got emergency personnel on those areas who are trying to show uh, 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 motorists to use alternative roads, but they're still forcing their way in those areas. Now, of the, or should I say, of the accidents that have been reported, have there been any fatalities recorded? No, at the moment, no, we, we don't have any uh, fatalities. Uh, we just had um, about two people who were injured in a motor vehicle accident earlier on in the morning alongside uh, William Nicole. But so far, uh, we haven't had any fatalities. Are there roads that you would avoid, uh, advise motorists to avoid? Yes, uh, that will be, uh, the first one will be uh, the one I was talking about now in uh, Clear Sprite West. Uh, that's uh, the road which is crossing uh, from uh, Clemsbury West towards uh, Cape Town. Uh, all that road, uh, the, the, the bridge which is actually uh, crossing, uh, cutting the two areas across, which is Cape Town and Clemsbury West. There's uh, also Clemsbury Valley Road, that's also in Soweto, and also New Canada Road, which uh, most of the motorists, they are aware of it, that uh, in the last two days uh, it was uh, flooded, and also right now also the water level are much more higher. So those will be the roads which motorists need to look out for. All right. Thank you very much for speaking to us. That is City of Johannesburg Emergency Services Spokesperson Robert Mulaudzi. Perhaps you are on the roads or you've just come in from wherever it is that you've been driving and you think there are other roads that motorists should avoid. And also, it's amazing how people choose to drive at a crazy speed even though the roads are wet. So if the... I don't know, the conditions are just making you even more patient. I don't know, perhaps park somewhere, have a cup of coffee. It just really is dangerous to drive at a high speed and recklessly in this uh, wet weather. But uh, all the same, you can also enjoy it. So tell us how you are enjoying it if uh, you're not finding it an inconvenience. 34701, that's the SMS my number. It'll cost you two rand per SMS. Now let's go to the courts where it's been a year since the brutal rape and murder of 17-year-old Anine Boy thrust the small Overberg town of Gradarsdorp into the international spotlight. The death caused an outcry, placing South Africa's extreme gender-based violence under scrutiny once more. Several memorial services were held at the weekend. Tanya Kratzer has more. In February last year, a security guard found the broken body of Anine Boysen at a construction site. She was raped and disemboweled and later died in a Cape Town hospital. A year later, a small withered tree marked the spot where she was discovered. Very few people turned up for the intimate memorial service Saturday afternoon at the Church of the Holy Spirit. Anin's adoptive mother, Kolia Ulifir, did not attend. Her aunt, Elsie Sheldon, sat in a back row with Anin's adoptive sister, Brenda Ulifir, who said she still misses the teen and did not think she would die. Bishop Margaret Virtue from the False Bay Anglican Diocese led a sermon titled, We Will Speak Out. She made an impassioned plea to the community especially men, not to be complacent and stand up against gender-based violence. 
Virtue says progress has been made since Boyson's death. Because of Aline Boyson, a lot, you know, there's a lot of awareness raised, and so people, yes, the, more people are coming forward because they realise that, you know, through Aline, you know, their they, their voices can be raised and they will be taken notice of. But again, a lot more work needs to be done to, you know, for us to be sincere about reaching out to to the communities. The chairperson of the Community Policing Forum, Solomon Christians, says neighbourhood watches have been established. We are all working together. We got a lot of stakeholders working with a police and a community police forum to make uh, Bradazo a better place. With all the projects, all the uh, stakeholders are putting something into the projects. A trauma room has been a new trauma room has been established, and um, some of the stakeholders sponsored uh, furniture for the place. And we really get a lot of people coming there for counselling now. Mayor Richard Mitchell says it's still an uphill battle to garner greater community involvement, but youth upliftment programs are underway. A start turning ceremony will be held later this month for the building of a skills development centre as promised by the Minister of Higher Education, Bladen Zamande, shortly after Anin's death. Most community members say they can see a difference. Everything has changed because the neighbourhood watch is keeping an eye on our children. Things have improved. There have been no murders. I think they have learned their lesson. But others are doubtful. The neighbourhood watch walks around, but the children are still out late. Young children are out late at night, so things don't change. An NGO that supports and empowers rape survivors says it was amazed that the public outrage that followed Anin's death turned into public support for organisations like these. Director of Rape Crisis Kathleen Day explains. Particularly if you follow social media and use the social networks, you'll see that there's no tolerance for any kind of sexual harassment, any kind of discrimination against women. Women's equality is held high, and issues like rape get a lot of commentary and a lot of airtime. So this is a very positive thing. She says the rape of adolescents in particular are getting more attention. The latest police stat revealed last week has found that in nearly 40% of reported rape cases in the Western Cape, the victims are younger than 17. This report was compiled by Mariska Buerta in Cape Town. I'm Tanya Krauser in George. Today's JSE report is brought to you by Telcom Business. Convergence. One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. And it's exactly 11 minutes to 5. Sudhir Singh of Satsuan Securities joins us now on the line to take us through the Monday trading session. A very good afternoon to you, Sudhir. I see that the all-share index has fallen by something like 0.61%, but with most of the losses being led by the gold mining shares. Yes, Debbie. So um, just uh, in, in general, you know, investors are still nervous about uh, emerging markets at the moment. You know, after the U.S. Uh, Fed pushed forward uh, with its tapering last week, it seems uh, company earnings have become uh, a secondary issue with emerging markets becoming the center of attention. Just looking at, you know, Europe, for example, um, they've tracked uh, Asia lower on the back of Chinese manufacturing data this morning, which added to fears about the slowdown in the world's second largest economy. On Wall Street, um, investors uh, can expect another string of uh, results this week, with young brands uh, set to report fourth quarter earnings after the bell. Taking a look at uh, our U.S. Uh, stock futures, it is pointing to a lower start uh, to the week later on. 
on the local front, uh, as you mentioned, we are down. And, uh, you know, it's probably a bit early to think that the worst is over. But uh, with the, the life of Bulletin and Sassel losing ground, it does make sense for investors to pick up the stock at these levels, as the weaker rand results in earnings benefiting uh, them in terms of uh, rands. Just taking a look at our local indices, we've got the gold index, which is down uh, 1.5%. Resource 10 index is down 0.8%. Industrial 25 index is down 0.4%. The financial index is down 0.7%. And overall, the market is down around 269 points, or 0.6% to 44,863. Okay, so I did mention that the gold mining shares are down, but uh, Anglo-American Platinum saying that it's uh, uh, in... uh, full profit back again. Which are the major losers and winners on the board? Uh, starting off with the, the winners, uh, we have uh, Grinrod, which is up just over 2% at uh, 25 rands and 90 cents. <coughs> ShopRite is up just over 1% at 144 rands and 50 cents. Telcom is up uh, half a percent at 30 rands and 40 cents. Woolworths is up 0.4% at 60 rands and 70 cents. And uh, leading the downside, as we mentioned uh, earlier, the gold miners, it's Harmony, which is down just over 7% at 30 rands and 10 cents. Truett is down 2.5% at 71 rands and 30 cents. Richmond is down almost a percent at 102 rands and 50 cents. And lastly, we have Imperial, which is down half a percent at 183 rands and 60 cents. Okay, so let's look at the indicators. I see that uh, Brent crude oil, I was looking at something at the moment, that uh, it's gone up, yes? Yes, it has. It's uh, currently trading at $105.80 per barrel. And we have gold, which is trading at $1,244.10 an ounce. We have platinum, which is at uh, $100. Well, sorry, $1,388 an ounce. And finally, just uh, let's have a look at the rand, which is trading at 11 rand 10 cents to the dollar, 18 rand 10 cents to the pound, and 15 rands to the euro. That's it from me, Sabiso. Thanks a lot to Sudhir Sudhir Singh of Sassman Securities. And uh, he'll be back again with us tomorrow. Just a reminder that I'll be hopefully reading your SMSs in just a moment. 34701, 34701. That's a two rand per SMS. You can also chat to us via Twitter at SFM Midday Live and we are available on email, midday live at sabc.co.za. This feature was